how can how you can know whether you are mature or not this is a test are I'm not asking you whether you're a mature human being. I'm asking you whether you're a mature Christian tonight. Because how do you know whether you're a mature Christian? You've got to be tested. Everything has to be tested, right? Okay. So there's a good way the Bible puts out how to, how to know that. There it is. By being rebuked or having reproof. Reprove. Not a scorner, lest he hate thee, rebuke a wise man, and he will do what? <clears throat> Last time I got rebuked didn't feel good. <clears throat> Once in a while, my wife rebukes me. Men, you ever get that? I never like it. I get indignant sometimes. Sometimes I pop back, you know, with a. Something not kind. And I get thinking, you know, she may be trying to help me. Rebuke will smoke you out. A rebuke will smoke you out. There it is right there. Rebuke a wise man. A wise man understands that you can't see your own your own faults. Okay, you you know that, right? You're blind to your own faults. Every man's right in their own eyes. It's uh, I think it's Proverbs chapter 14, Proverbs chapter 16. There's the exact same verse. Where all of us are right in our own eyes. So if we're right in our own eyes, that's, that creates a circle. How do you get out of this circle? You're right in your own eyes. Everything you do is wise, reasonable, everybody would do that. Well, how do you get out of that if it's not so? You have to have outside information come in and break it. But you have to also be willing to accept it. A scorner, a doubter, a self-righteous individual, a mature individual will not recognize the value of rebuke. They won't recognize it. They'll say, oh, They'll, they'll, they'll write it off like he's got uh, or she's got, you know, it in for me. Or they just don't. We have teachers continually rebuking their children, the children they have, right? Your children. Teaching is a set of, a set of continuous rebuking all the way up through 12th grade. It gets less as they get older. But it's pretty heavy at first, second, third, fourth grade. Pretty heavy pretty often. But it gets less as you get to fifth grade. And it gets less as, you know, it gets more in 7th and 8th grade. It peaks out in 7th and 8th grade and then begins to get better all the way to 12th grade. I've got this figured out after 36 years. So, but 7th and 8th grade are the two worst years of the entire 12-year. Why? Because, uh, well, you know why. So, uh, <clears throat> a parent sometimes gets bowed up. You know what being bowed up is, right? Uh, because they will have rebuked, corrected uh, one of the children, one of your children, you know, a child or whatever. And I told you last week, my parents and that parents, the parents of the 50s and 60s group, 
Didn't even go ask a teacher whether they were right or not. They just assumed the teacher was right. And they assumed I was wrong. And they were right 99.9%. Now, there was that, that 0.1% that I, that I got in, in justice done to me. I was, I was really innocent. But they said I was guilty. Well, get over it. That's what Bob would say. And that's what our parents would have told us. Injustice is part of the world. It's part of the real world. So you just got a piece of injustice. You know, you thought you But if you got spanked for what you didn't do this time, you've gotten away with some stuff that you should have got spanked for that you're going to get it for. I sat there and thought about that. I thought, yeah, I was smoking on the roof of the chicken coop. I didn't get caught. Yeah, I stole the something out of the, out of the uh, hardware. Of the uh, yeah, I got away with that. Yeah, I'm good with it. You with me? I suppose none of you ever stole anything. You look like the most innocent group of people I ever met in my life. I'm up here. I'm up here bearing my soul. It's okay. How to tell your maturity level? A wise son heareth his father's instruction. I only had one child, so I don't have a good uh, experiential knowledge of this. But I've watched other families, and it, it, it's amazing how you can have three children, they're all three different. Or you have four or five, six children, they're all different from each other. Now, you may have two that are similar. But really, they're individual, and they're different in the way they react to your discipline, the way they react to your voice. And so a parent has to adapt a certain, a certain type of discipline for a child. Now, in, <clears throat> in my case, my brother Louie, he got the most corporal punishment of Jim or myself because Louie just seemed like he just would hard-headed, push the envelope, and get, get, I used to say, what are you, stupid, man? I mean, just comply. Whereas Jim and I were more compliant as, as children, not, not real compliant, but fairly compliant. So, but it has, to do with the, it has to do with the level of wisdom, the level of maturity. Louis was immature uh, for a lot of that and made unwise decisions uh, about what was going on. But wise son will hear his father's instruction. Look at Proverbs 19.25. Uh, Smite a scorner, a simple will beware, but reprove one that hath understanding, and he will, under, he will understand knowledge. He'll get better. He'll get better. As a preacher, I've had to, man, I've had to get this and get it real good. When you stand in front of a group of people and speak, I know you're having a hard time believing this, but there are critical, there are critical folks that will pick you apart. They'll pick your English apart, they'll pick your grammar apart, they'll pick your methodology apart, they'll pick your humor apart. Like tonight, some of you said, I don't think I was appropriate to stay in church, to say that stuff in church. Well, when you get a church, you do whatever you want. <laughs> and I mean, you just got to gotta get a little bit case-hardened on some of that, but you don't want to get too case-hardened, right, preacher? You still want to have an ear because you want to be wise, because it is, I know it's hard to believe, but it's possible I could say some stuff that I shouldn't have said. No. No way. 
It's way out there, you know. It's way out there. But it's possible I could say stuff I shouldn't have said. One time, one time I got up when, when Barack Obama was elected. I fasted that he wouldn't get elected. I begged God he wouldn't get elected. He got elected. So I think it was that Sunday or the next Sunday I got up and I said some tough stuff about Barack Obama. You know, how do we elect a guy who sounds like Osama? You know, a guy that just destroyed our, our towers. Now we elect a Muslim. But anyway, I said some pretty tough stuff about it. Oh, you know, I heard amens and everything. And then a few of the folks came up to me afterwards and said, you know, preacher, the Bible says not to speak that about your leaders. You know, Paul, when he rebuked the high priest, he got rebuked. Paul the Apostle got rebuked. How did he take it? When he spoke about the high priest, he called him a whitewashed wall. And what did they say? You don't know that guy's the high priest. Oh, he's the high priest. Well, the Bible says he went right to the Bible. And he said, the Bible says don't do that. Paul was a mature man. He was willing to take the responsibility for what he said, and he did not understand that guy was a high priest and should not be talking. So from that point on, I started talking. I tried to find some good to say. Like, you know, we need to pray he gets saved. We need to pray his wife gets saved, daughter gets saved, because, you know, hell's a long time. And you don't want anybody to go to hell. I don't want anybody to go to hell. Nobody, nobody. I want them to get saved. But help. So a fool, despite his father's instruction, a wise son, notice that in verse 1 up there in 13, the wise son heareth his father's instruction, but a fool despises his father's instruction, but he that regards reproof is prudent. Or you could say mature. Mature. It's a test. Some test. Some more verses. The ear that heareth the reproof of life abideth among the wise. Mature. A reproof enters more into a wise man than a hundred stripes into a fool. That's another test. You can tell somebody on their maturity level because if you take a, a wise individual or a mature individual, and I'm, I'm using the word mature for wise, and you say, hey, you really messed up on this and you need to do better they'll listen to you they'll take us they'll say yeah yeah you're right about that i'd have people correct me on my grammar and man i'd go home it hurt me it hurt me i think man you know man of all i was trying to get up there pouring my heart out that jesus would be glorified and they'd get right with god they didn't hear a word i said all they heard was a mistake i made and that's all they cared about and they never come up here and tell me i did good all they do is come up here and tell me what I didn't do. And you start building a case on them, like a bitterness case. I'm, getting, I'm fixing to get bitter at that. No, you got to just give it up and say, thank you, Father, for sending them up there. Though they never come up and say much good about me. Thank you, Father. A person that is mature will, summary here, he will love you will grow in understanding, will be considered prudent, will abide with the wise, and will be considered wise. So how do you find an immature person? Proverbs ten seventeen. He that is in the way of life keepeth instruction, but he that refuseth reproof erreth. A, a school teacher will have, let's say, 20 kids in class. 
as the year progresses, she figures out who the fools are and who the wise kids are, truthfully. I mean, you go to school, in your class at college, there are fools in your class, and there's some wise kids, mature kids in your class. But the fools, they manifest themselves. You know, they're the ones that end up being in a prison ministry. Proverbs 12.1, whoso loveth instruction loveth knowledge, but he that hateth reproof is brutish, or it's translated stupid, stupid, moronish. You don't want to be that way. You want to, you want to think about it. Proverbs 15.32, he that refuses instruction despises his own soul. He that heareth reproof getteth understanding. So you find these immature people, you find these... Um, Foolish people, oftentimes by simply, they're not willing to receive instruction. A Proverbs 13, 1, a wise son heareth his father's instruction, but a scorner heareth not rebuke. Every one of us has, have been around scorners. The Bible doesn't give any instruction on trying to convert a scorner. All it ever says is cast them out. I'm not sure. As a preacher, it's been interesting. Uh, I've had some scorners, and I've never seen one change. But when they leave, peace, peace fills up their vacancy. You put, a, you put a scorner in a group of this size right over here, and he'll cause contention, or she'll cause contention in that group. You take them out, peace will go back to the group. We've had to expel some children through the years. <clears throat> and so when I expel the child, and you know, teachers are not there to lose kids. They want them to stay, even if the t kid's torturing their soul. And I'll say, no, they need to go. They need to go. No, I don't know. You know, I said they need to go. So we'll, we'll expel them. And two weeks, three weeks later, the teacher will come to me every time. I'm having a great year. I had one teacher say to me, I don't even want to get up and come to school anymore and teach because this child is just making torture in my soul. I said, he's out today, gone today. Get their books, get them gone. Why in the world are we putting up with this? And when they go, and it's a defeat for me when you have to, when you have to expel a child, it's a defeat. We failed. But it's a victory for the class. It's a victory for the overall school and the overall. But what it amounts to is you took a fool and told him to leave. And really what you're trying to do is cause that fool to be converted back to a wise person, which they could be if they would listen. But they would, if you won't receive, David Gibbs told me this. I said to David on a school one time, what criteria do we have or should have on the school for receiving a child or expelling a child? And he said, if they will not obey verbal command, they cannot be your student. And I thought that was about the straightforward, simplest, easiest principle to, to follow. So I tell the teachers, if you've got a student who won't obey your verbal command, go sit down. That, teacher, that kid don't go sit down. You give him a chance. I mean, this is after you give him some chances, you know. You make it happen. Velcro, the, you know, but I mean, never like. 
But bottom line is, if they won't follow verbal command, they're not fit to be in the class. So as you're raising children, what these 12 kids you got here, they want to all obey, you know, Tova, Turin, Janelle. They all got to learn to obey verbal command. Even grandpa and grandpa won't want them at the house if they don't obey verbal command. I know they're going to have a hard time probably admitting that, but it's true. An immature person is brutish, according to the Bible. That's, that's uh, stupid. Aerith shall die. That's big time. Despiseth his own soul, is hateful, and will not hear. If you knew Hebrew, that means pig-headed. So who are you? How do you... Remember Jack Jack Benny? Yeah. He get that he get that startled look on his face like How do you react when your wife corrects you? Kathy Kathy in here? Oh, afraid of that. How do I react when you rebuke me? Don't lie. You drink a fifth. <laughs> hey, Kathy, how do I do on a one to ten? Ten being I'm fabulously mature. One being I am. I'm still. I'm still. Eight, nine. Eight, nine. Fifty years of marriage, I'm still eight. Fifty years. Lord have mercy. How do you react when your boss corrects you? How do you react when anyone corrects you? Is a, is, is, is a lipness, is they call it lipness test, I believe it is, of your... Maturity, in some degree, in some degree. If you can't take being rebuked, how are you going to get better? Now, Jeffrey Larson joined the Calvary Quartet. He said it was a dream of his life. Probably had no idea how much you were going to get corrected and, and you, know, you, were, you know, this and that and instruction. And, and he was old when he went in. He, went, you know, he didn't go in there, a young guy. That's it. Otherwise translated, he's too mature to be insulted. But, I mean, uh, it's the truth. I mean, when he decided to go to Calvary Quartet, he opened himself up to a massive amount of correction. I mean, because, you know, Terry had been doing it for a long time, and he had a certain way he wanted it done, how he wanted it done, where he wanted it done. and He actually got to memorize the words. Yeah, and you worked hard at that, by the way. So it's good. I just want to keep going here. General truth about rebuke and reproof. So, Proverbs 27.5, open rebuke is better than secret love. That's what the Bible said. What kind of rebuke? 
Oh, you should have said you shouldn't have said that in front of the whole crowd. Okay. But some rebuke, even if it's open, is better than nothing. It says, I th- I'm, I'm trying to think of the address of this. Is this Proverbs 23, 8? He that rebuketh a man afterwards findeth more favor than he that flattereth with the tongue. Do you know the address of that? He that rebuketh a man afterward findeth more favor than he that flattereth with the tongue. I'm thinking it's Proverbs 23, 8. It's somewhere close to that. So, I've had people come to me through the years and say, Preacher, thank you, thank you, thank you for telling me the truth. In love, but telling me the truth. Because I was so mad at you, I wanted to kill you. I mean, I, I mean, I just wanted to kill you. You said, I couldn't believe you believed that. I couldn't believe you said that. But if it's Bible and it's true, he rebuketh the man, it's better than you that, they that flatter. Ultimately, Ultimately, many people realize who their friends are. And it's not the one flattering you. It's not the one telling you you always. Facebook are not your friends when they're telling you you're gorgeous. You're fabulous. Oh, babe, you just look good. They're lying through their teeth. They tell a monkey you look good. Man, I hope you don't sit there and go, ooh, that feels good. Ooh, that feels good. Because you're deceiving yourself. Right? I see somebody will have a some little, some ugly baby will put put up there and they'll say, Oh, that's the most beautiful baby I've ever seen. I usually type in, Well, from an ugly mom and dad, that ain't too bad. But I mean <laughs> I just can't take all that. Too much. Twice in the Bible, twice in the Bible, I had some fairly mature person argue with me about this recently. They said, nothing bad comes to us from God. It comes to us from Satan, preacher. They challenged me on that. I said, really? I started thinking about that. I said, I don't think that's right. No, I don't, I don't think that's right. Here's why. As many as I love, I do what? Rebuke and chasten. Chasten has to do with scourging you. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Hebrews 12.6, For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. Scourging, like Jesus got scourged by the Romans. My dad was in Marine Corps, and he was a boxer. He He won the Golden Glove in Chicago, 1939, welderweight, Chicago. And he was pretty, you know, Pretty tough guy, pretty well-known, by the way, pretty famous in Elkhart. And so he was like, you know, on top of the world, and we just won the welterweight championship, 1939, Chicago, and uh, in all the papers. He had this many, he had this many, it looked like about that many newspaper articles on him from Elkhart Truth. It's called the Elkhart Truth. <clears throat> and then World War II started. And he got he went he got signed up for Marine Corps. My mother signed him up, by the way. <laughs> he had a fight. They had a fight. 
And she went down to the recruiter and said, signed him up. And he came back and said, you've killed me. You've killed me. She, he told Lorraine, you've killed me. Because he had exemption for being married and having a kid. And they said, you've just killed me, signing me up like that. She says, oh, well. <laughs> My mother would be cold as ice sometimes, but I'll tell you. So he goes in. Now, he's not, now you think about, picture this. He's 100, and, I think, what, well, they're 155 pounds. And he's in great shape. Man, he can do fancy rope, make the bag dance. And so he goes to basic training in good shape. What he wasn't used to was a drill sergeant. Telling him what to do, when to do it, taking his underwear and saying, they ain't cleaning up, throwing them in the dirt, putting his foot on them and saying, now rewash all them. And he... Now, he had the ability to whip that sergeant. And he said, holding himself back from just decking that guy. He said, the hardest thing about but then he got, when he got into, when he got into the LST and all them, they started going ashore. He thought, man, that, that drill sergeant was trying to save my life. He taught me, you know, put his head down and do all this stuff and crawl. He said, that, he, he said I ended up from hating the guy, loving the guy. That's the way rebuke is. A lot of times you get a rebuke, you may, it may at the moment really hit you wrong, hit you crossways. You think, man, I can't believe they got the guts to say that. I can't believe. But later, as things play their way out, you may think that person loved you more than anybody you ever knew because they were willing to tell you the truth if you even didn't like them. That's right there. God wants to help you. Don't get mad at him. You see my eye here? I mean, look at my eye. You might as well look at it. My wife hit me the other night. I, I, I ducked when I should have weaved. Now, I, I took a nap, and I woke up with a, a, a drunk's eye. So I want to see, it's a normal, common thing, no problem, it goes away, but it's only about four weeks. But I got before God and I said, Lord, more stuff? I've had a wild four months. And I just kind of got before God and just poured my hand and said, more stuff? Now I got my ideal going and I'm, and I'm breaking my, you know, and then I got, I prepared this. I'm thinking, wow. I guess I need it. Amen? I need it. I need it. What I'm getting from God, I need it. Assume what happens to you, you somehow are going to benefit from it because God loves you more than anybody else. He is so pure. And his desire to want you to be right and be better and be what you should be, really. So, I'm about done. Sometimes we are commanded to rebuke our brothers and sisters in Christ. I hope you don't go overboard on this. Luke chapter 17, 3 and 4, Take heed to yourselves if thy brother trespass against thee. Rebuke him! If he repent, forgive him. If you trespass against thee seven times in a day, seven times in a day, turn again to thee, saying, I repent. Let's read that together. 
Thou shalt forgive him. That's a hard deal to do right there. Amen. Seven times in one day. Jesus amplified that a little bit, didn't he? Seven times. That's infinity. That's just infinity. I personally wouldn't make it through three times. I've tried that with my mom and dad. I'd make do something, ask them to forgive me, do it again. They'd say, now, we don't want you to ask for any more. We, we just want you to quit doing it. Oh, that wasn't so easy. And that's what that's prepared for, people with repet repetitive troubles. It says, if uh, this is witness true, whatever. Oh, okay. We have to be careful sometimes on this rebuking. Normally... We don't under-rebuke, we over-rebuke. We have a little tendency to be a little more over-critical than under-critical. The witness of truth talking about, um, he's talking about those people, the Cretans, they're liars, slough bellies. The verse before this, Wherefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the face. Sometimes you have to just rebuke somebody and be honest with them, and they love them. There are some groups of people we must be very careful about rebuking. Rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father, and young men as brethren. It's out of place to have a young man rebuke an elder. Now, an elder, in, in, the, in the context of this, he's talking about a pastor, bishop, um, let's see, a, he's talking about the office of pastor. There's four names for the office of pastor. Also, I think written in that is the age of the individual. That's why I call it elder. And so it could also have a twofold meaning, not only the office of a pastor, but also the fact of the older man. When you're a young man, you go to an older man. I had to sometimes go to Pastor McKinney and try to help him in some areas. And, man, I would go in a real humble mode. I'm, you know, I'm like your kid. Look, I don't want to do this, but, you know, can I talk to you about this? Is this okay? And whatever you do, I'm good with it. But I just want to bring it to your attention. You don't go in there saying, man, I can't even believe you. You're a man your age is doing this and still having to be told about it. You're going to lose. And that offends God also. First Timothy 5.19, against an elder received not an accusation, but before two or three witnesses. You are innocent to proven guilty, especially an elder. An elder has more enemies. A pastor has enemies. He has the devils, he hates his guts, and, and he's got lots of enemies. So there could be possibility of a false witness rising up to try to get rid of him. And so it must be before two or three witnesses. And be careful. Be careful not to... Uh, I heard one person say something that must be true. Oh, my goodness, don't do that. Be mature. And it's talking about these same elders in verse 20. Them that sin, however, when you find out it's true, if an elder sins, the higher the responsibility, the, the harsher the rebuke. Remember when Bill Clinton had messed around with Lewinsky? He should have been thrown out, shamed for life. Because he was the president of the United States of America. He shamed America. He shamed every president that went before him. It was big. But what did our, what did our society do? They downplayed it and reelected him. 
I told my wife at that point, we've already turned the corner. But if a if if a, it's talking about here spiritually about pastors and and you know if him that rebuke, we had some trouble here at Gospel. We took one of our one of our assistant pastors has some uh, issues of immorality, and we took him before the whole congregation and had him talk. Tell him tell him what you did. Why? That was to save them. It wasn't to kill them. It was to save them. Because it was also to warn any of those out there, the pastor is not exempt just because he's a pastor. He's not exempt from doing right. And in fact, he's even more responsible and so should be rebuked how? Before all, public rebuke before all. That's tough stuff, but it's true. So the question I leave you with tonight is, how mature are you? Well, I hope this helped you some. If you ever want to read a passage, it'll encourage you about this area and sober you up at the same time. It's Proverbs 123 through 31. I did not do that, but it's a great passage, Proverbs 123 through 31, about rebuke and God's desire to have you obey and listen. Father, help us tonight. Give us wisdom from heaven. Help us to be mature, humble, small in our own eyes, not big, so that when we are rebuked, we don't bow up, but we receive it and ask you to help us through it. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida, also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.